G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are answering your questions, the first ever Ball Boys Q&A podcast. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to shot! Not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Everything's possible! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Uh, joined once again with my good friend Callum Mack, the guru himself. How you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty well, man. I'm, I'm excited for today's pods. Um, we've got a Q&A session which goes out to all the fans out there who've stuck by us, um, ask some questions. We're going to answer some of the good ones that we got on, on your previous uploads, so um, yeah, excited to just touch base with the fans. We'll do some shout-outs, so get ready. Yes, yeah, so yeah, thank you for everyone who submitted their questions. If we haven't answered them yet, there's a good chance that they're not going to be on our podcast. Um, otherwise, I've tried to get to a few in the comments section if I thought it was just a quick one that I could answer. But let's let's dive straight into it. Thank you again for asking questions, and we always like to have a chat, so leave a question in the comments on this video. If you have anything, if you want us to have a look at your team, hit us up on social media, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, whatever the case may be. Love talking fantasy. Let's go into the first question here. A uh, bit of a uh, strategy-based question by Kevin NG. Uh, he asks, is it better to punt a certain category based on your first-round pick um, uh, f- first round pick player or for the first two to four rounds, or is it just better to go with the best player available and then build your punt strategy uh, in the middle to later rounds? Um Bit of a bit of a, a tough question here because I don't know if there's a clear answer here. What, what what's your take on this type of uh, strategy, Cal? Yeah, I, I think it really does depend on essentially who your first pick is, so you know what direction you're going in. Um, for, for example, like if you get Giannis, we know you're punting free throws. Yeah. You, you need to home in and focus on that. Same with maybe a Luka Doncic. Um, you could salvage it, but for for players when you want to punt field goal, when you're getting Fred Van Fleet in the second rounds. Um, the man didn't shoot over 40%. You know, it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. So I think it really just depends on you get in the first few rounds. Um, if you get someone like, uh, let's say, Kevin Durant, or if you get someone like uh, Steph Curry, who who can be pretty balanced, gives you a bit of everything. Um, obviously, Curry doesn't have the blocks. Um, Durant's probably a better um, example of that. You, you can kind of mold, just take the best guys available for, let's say, the first five rounds or something. And then when you're looking at your team, you're like, oh, you know what? I lack big men. Um, I'm just going to go for a different route now and maybe punt some of the big men's stats. That That is something you can do. Um, but yeah, I think fundamentally it really does depend on who you are drafting in the first few rounds to really um, shape your team. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that there's, like you said, I think Giannis is one of them. As soon as you get him, it just makes total sense. He goes from the 11th or 13th ranked player, I think it was, to the second, as soon as you punt that one category. So bang, you're just getting a lot of value there and it shapes your draft. I think Damian Lillard is another one because he is so good in in, so in a few stats, but rebounds, field goal percentage, blocks are all not quite there. Um, so he's someone that I, that I will automatically go with. Um, like you said, players like Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Jokic to a certain degree, uh, Steph Curry, even like a Tatum. Like those kind of players are a bit more flexible. You can go different different directions. You could grab a guard. You could grab a big. You could grab a Jimmy Butler and punt the threes. Um, so 
or or you might even go balance in your second pick, and it might just be you know not until your third or fourth pick that you really discover okay these types of players are falling. Let's let's go with with this build. Um, so I think whilst it's not a concrete answer. If you like, I think I think those players that we mentioned, if if you're getting those ones, it's it is pretty clear that you're you're punting um, certain categories from the get go. Is there anyone else that you think I've included? Oh, what about yeah, like a Embiid, Anthony Davis? Look, you can still be flexible because a lot of bigs don't shoot threes and and get assists, but uh, those are their weakest categories. But again, probably not completely locked into that. Um, if if someone else falls, for example. Yeah, and then like a Carl Anthony Towns could be a good example of the, you could still this he still gets about five assists a game, four and a half is pretty solid. You can still maintain that, yeah. um, even though that's one of the lowest in the first round with Joel Embiid. So it, look, I feel like when you draft your player, you have to know what punts can cater for him. But if you just want to you know get the best available for the first few rounds, and then something stands out like oh I'm pretty empty in the assist category, just lock it in and just punt that category. Yeah. A good example would be like I did a I did a mock draft on the weekend and I took uh, Kevin Durant in the first round, uh, notoriously well balanced and good at everything. So just sort of waited to see who came to me in the second the second round. Uh, Jimmy Butler was still there and I thought he was the best player available at that point. So as soon as I took Jimmy Butler, I decided okay from now on I think I'm going to punt threes because Kevin Durant yeah he shoots like two threes a game or two and a half threes a game, but compared to Steph, compared to Damon Lillard, even Towns, they all shoot over three, three and a half, sometimes five in in uh, Steph's case. So he he he's not up there with the elite. So I'm not taking away a huge chunk of his value. Um, and in Jimmy's case, he doesn't shoot nearly any threes. So I'm boosting a lot of his other other stats and and his value there. So um, it was that moment that I decided that that's what I'm going to do based on who was available in the second pick. Um, but it is it is important to be flexible. You know, give yourself options because you don't know who's going to be there, and you might be potentially losing out on value if you just go, "All right, I'm punting this, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm just putting the blinders on." Um, that that's not the best way to draft, in my opinion, um, unless you you've got someone like a Giannis. That's to say that you can't draft good free throw shooters with Giannis because if someone's at that good of a value, then they're there. You just take them. You don't it doesn't matter. You don't have to draft exclusively bad free throw shooters. Uh, let's go on to the next question. Um, I'm sorry again if I butcher anyone's name, by the way. Um, but this one was asked by uh, Quasi AR. Um, any good centers near the? Um, assuming he means rounds here, near the ninth to eleventh round slots. Um, uh, some guys that can bring decent value to nine category leagues. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, picks uh, rounds nine to eleven. So we're looking at like the eighty-five to what's that? A hundred, hundred and twenty sort of range. Maybe a bit later. Yeah, in in my brain when I interpreted the question, I thought it was maybe a little bit later. Yeah, probably later um, outside the hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking about the hundred range and who's outside of that. Yeah. Um, who could be pretty good? Um, we we touched on him in the last pod. Uh, go check that out. Mo Bamba has been balling out recently. If you can pick him up, I think that's a pretty solid bet. Uh, we even brought him up before, Stephen Adams. Uh, he's been looking a bit rejuvenated. He's he's looking pretty solid. I think it's a good fit for that team. I think his rebounds and points will be up from from previous years, especially the rebounds. So if, if you need rebounds in that in that late time uh, after the hundred, I think Stephen Adams is a good uh, contender. Um, Trez Harrell as well is, is outside the hundred. He um, j- just with the whole Thomas Bryant, he, he might they might rest a bit longer just for the early season. I think he can get good minutes with Gafford. Because um, he does get into foul trouble, Trez will go off for some games. Honestly, like he'll, he'll go for some twenty and ten with three blocks. It will happen. He's having a pretty good preseason as well. Um, he's always been a bit of a per minute monster anyway. So even if he's coming off the bench, he will deliver fantasy. 
Um, and my last guy, I, I put Lamarcus Aldridge down as a, he's more of a flyer, really. I, for the nine to 11 slots, it's more your 11 slot, um, Lamarcus, just because if he does start, I mean, he could put up some pretty good numbers. He was actually pretty putting up good numbers at the Nets before he retired. Yeah, no, yeah, he was, and then he and then he fell off cliff and stopped playing basketball. But it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I'm not as enthused with Aldridge personally, but I like the other guys you mentioned. Uh, I'll throw in a couple other names. Some of them are close to the hundred, so maybe a little bit earlier than what we're talking here. Nerlens Noel, I really like um, there as well, just with everything going on with Mitchell Robinson, um, Daniel Gafford. Uh, I think Gafford and Bamba are very close in ranking to me. Um, depending on what you're after, if you want a bit more threes, uh, maybe a little bit more risk to it, then Barber maybe has the higher upside. But I think Gafford's floor is probably a bit, a bit higher, especially early on in the season. Um, so I think those two have a lot of upside at this point, both going around that 100 mark or, or just after. Um, a bit later, I really like Isaiah Roby. Uh, from Oklahoma City. I think he's going to be the starting center over there. Um, he's still young. He's another year another year old, another year more experienced. So I think he's going to take another step forward. He's not competing with Moses Brown and Al Horford anymore. I'm not worried about Derek Favors. I don't think he's going to get featured the same way that Al Horford is, was last year. Uh, so he's someone who I regularly target as sort of like my last second or... or, or or last pick of the draft. I think he's ranked outside the top 150, so um, someone who I, I look to target there. Anyone else you think we missed? Um, no, look, I think I think we definitely take some good boxes, but I think overall, these guys, when you get to that round, they kind of are to some degree a bit more flies. Um, they're not rock solid yeah. like some of the other guys. And, and yeah. bigs are hard to come by, so... Um, there you is might that, need to reach a little bit in the yeah, earlier rounds to get someone you like. There is that massive center run in the middle rounds, and I do recommend having at least two centers, especially if your league is like a two-center league, having two solid centers that you can rely on before, say, pick 70, 65 even, uh, because then after that, it does it does get real dicey, and there's a lot more risk involved, so... That would be my recommendation. Um, let's go on to the next question. And the next question comes from John. Um, what's our outlook? It's a nice, simple name. Um, what's your outlook uh, on the Raptors' senses this year? Um, he, he follows it up with, is Boucher worth uh, the value where he's going? And are we drafting uh, Birch or Achua in a 12-team league? I'll, I'll throw it over to you for this one. Um, firstly, thank you, John. You know who you are, my friend. Uh, thanks for commenting. Great name. Um, really outside the box. Now, Boucher. <laughs> Poor John, just ask the question. <laughs> um, Boucher, look, I, you guys know I'm off him. I think the value won't be there. I He's a permanent kind of guy, yes, but um, in terms of a head-to-head league, I wouldn't really be picking him up unless Bursch or Chua went down. He could be the third string center for all we know. I don't really know what lineups are going to put out there, but I actually like, I really like Precious. He, he's starting to look pretty good in the preseason. Um, I'm not too sure who has the starting lineup. Yeah. at this point for the regular season. But in preseason, Achua seems to have it. Um, that points in the right direction. So in terms of a, a late kind of flyer, I'd, I'd happily pick him up. The f- defensive stats should be there. He should get rebounds. Um, Birch, again, I'd probably at this point have him on my waiver wire. If he does get the starting role, I would be picking him up pretty quickly. Yeah, look, I, I, I guess I agree with you. I am higher on Boucher than you are. I think he Boucher is in that range of Bamba and Gafford to me. I think they're all kind of similar players, like permanent beasts. We're worried about game game time um, and minutes played, but the upside is there if they get minutes. And um, we've seen Boucher do it, um, so there's no questions there. Um, his injury, he looks like he's not going to miss too much time. He might only miss like a couple of games at the start of the season with his uh, finger injury. And, and we know that, so he's going to come back before uh, Pascal Siakam, which is good. 
Uh, and they kind of see him more as the, the power forward, is my understanding of it. So maybe he gets a bit of sm- like small ball center. So he's got a bit of flexibility that way, which helps his path to minutes. But um, I'm definitely lower on him this year than I was last year. So um, for me, he is you know, that 100 kind of range. Let me just check his rank real quick to see if it is worth around where he is getting drafted. On Yahoo, he's a 78. So yeah, I think that's too early. Uh, for Boucher, I think I'm more comfortable closer to 100. So, But I would still be drafting him over the other two. But yeah, I think Precious, you can take a flyer on him. I'm not super excited. I, I think they'll kind of like split minutes, really. And I don't see them as like permanent beasts like like a Boucher. But if I was choosing between Birch and Precious, I am choosing Precious. All right, let's move on to the next question from Yosemite Ham. Um, who do you expect a bigger season from, Barber or Gafford? We've kind of touched on this one already. Um, I think you said you were in the Barber camp. I am. I am. I'm going Team Barber this year. Do, do you reckon they're gonna they're gonna start him, or or what's what do you think's happening in terms of the lineup? Like, because they started. You said they mentioned they started Wendell Carter Jr. and him together. Do you, do you think that happens much, or what's what's your thoughts there? I still kind of think he will have the 25 minutes per game, regardless. Even if he's coming off the bench, I think him and Wendell. Either of them, if they start or if one comes off the bench, that is going to showcase both, give them both some pretty pretty reasonable minutes because they're kind of tanking. They don't really mind. So I, I think if he puts up 25 minutes a game, he will be a permanent beast. Um, Gafford gets into foul trouble a bit more. We don't know. Look, maybe Bumble will. We haven't, there's no big sample size for him. But um, Gafford with Thomas Bryant coming back um, towards the end of the year, maybe December, January. Um, you also got Trez Harrell who could steal some minutes from him when he gets hot against certain lineups. Trez, like, he's a permanent guy as well. So... Um, I, I'm definitely more confident in Barber, weirdly. Um, that's just because his fantasy ceiling is is a yeah. lot higher. I, I think his fantasy ceiling is higher. I'm the the word confident. I'm more confident in Gafford, um, but the payoff probably isn't as big. And there might be a window where it it's not. You know, when, as soon as Bright comes back, it does cloud things. I think you've got a good bit of time. It's not going to be till Christmas, I don't think. So you've got at least a couple of months there where he's going to put up good value. So uh, they're really close. I could be persuaded. At this time, I'm like just Gafford, but it's not much. So if you if you want to go with Callum, if Callum's, I think Callum, you seem more more passionately on one side. So I guess as a podcast, we we're, we're going on the Bamba side. That's it. Let's go team Bumper. Let's yeah. jump bandwagons. Let's, let's do it. Uh, all right. This next question is a very interesting one. Um, the Beat Farmer asks us for our top five sleeper picks. Most value to be gained from the ADP. So not necessarily late round sleepers, but who do we think is just the best value in drafts throughout the entire draft? So uh, let's go one for one. I've got five. You've got five. Some of them might be the same. Um, I've seen yours, but you haven't seen mine yet. Um, who, who's your Who's your first uh, top five sleeper pick? Look, I, I will just say with a bit of a disclaimer, I've I've kind of just ranked it from um, just on the Yahoo ranking, yeah, so that makes yeah, sense. So yeah. earliest to latest. Um, so I, I think the, they, they dictate the biggest... they dictate where players get drafted more than anything. So I think I think that's fair. Exactly, and look, I think maybe we'll have a, a couple matches here. Yeah, potentially, think we, we might. Um, number one for me is Clint Capella. I like it. Um, Still at 41 on Yahoo. Um, you look at basketball months the last season, he was ranked 23. Um, if you punt assists, he's a top, pretty much like a top 15 guy. If you, if you punt three threes, he's up in, I think, the top 10. So he, he's huge. I think we said um, fourth, right? I think a few, uh, a few podcasts ago, we, he was like I believe so. Look, I, you can fact, I'll fact check it now. But yeah. look, Clint Capella 
is is a is a beast. Um, and there's no reason for him to slow down. Yeah. Um, he, he led the league in rebounds. He, he'll still be there. He'll still get the minutes. It's, he's a great fit with Trey Young. Um, there's no reason for him to slow down. So I, I'm a big, big fan of his. Okay, I will absolutely sign this one off. He he would be a part of my top five sleepers because you've got someone yeah, like... Fourth ranked in, in punt free trick. There you go. There you go. And so if you're getting him in like the fourth round, like that's that's just awesome value. Um, and chances are if you do draft him, you are going to be at the punt free throw team. So... Um, yeah, when Rudy Gobert is going in the second round, you've got someone like Clint Capella going in the 40s. I mean, yeah, sign me up any day of the week. So I think he is uh, excellent value. So co-sign that one off. Um, I'll, I'll throw another one back to you. Another big guy. I think Kristaps Porzingis is uh, part of my top five sleepers. Ranked at 48 on Yahoo. I think there is... It was not too long ago, Callum, that we were drafting Kristaps in the second round. And... He is someone who can give you threes, points, free throw percentage, blocks, low turnovers. The field goal percentage isn't terrible, uh, so you don't necessarily have to punt the, the category. Uh, I just think he's getting slept on. Yes, the injury concern is probably why he's there, but he's he's a great player. And if if I'm thinking of someone who can jump up the highest in the rankings at this point, Kristaps is at the very top of the list because he's done it before. He's been a top 20 player in the past. So um, I think that there is definitely a chance that that happens again. Yeah, look, I totally agree. I, I think last season they kind of tested the waters with his injuries, and then he was starting to come to his own towards the end of it. So, so you'd like to think he's come into this 100% healthy and is ready to explode again, get the Mavericks potentially in a home seed. So, yeah, look, fantasy wise, total unicorn gets the blocks. Um, the rebounds were kind of surprised last year. Yeah. Got up to about nine rebounds a game, and just because he put on a bit of mass, he's a bigger guy. Apparently, he's been so, back in the gym again. We're on we're on muscle watch, and and Kristaps has been uh, he's been pumping iron. So, I'm seeing a lot of lot of tweets out there. Um, he has been, and, and for like a punt build, he actually fits the. I, I like him in the punt field goal build because he does have some pretty bad weeks. He shoots a fair bit of threes. Um, he yeah. only shot you know forty seven point six percent, which for for a big isn't isn't very good at all. So. When you get him in a punt field goal, I, I love Kristaps Porzingis. Punt, punt assists, he's also very strong in that build as well, I will also mention. All right, let's let's go throw it out to you for your next uh, sleeper pick. Um, so I had CJ McCollum, um, who I'm pretty high on. I, he was pretty much like a fringe all-star before he went down with the injury last season. He's, he's at 55 um, on a per-game basis last season. He was ranked 30 on Basketball Monster, and that's just because he was really good in points, 23 points, 3.6 threes a game which is awesome as well he have your four rebounds about five assists three throws are pretty solid as well like he's just a guy that kind of puts up everything he, you know he's pretty solid um i there are some trade talks but i think even if he gets traded he'll still average points and, and you know get the assist there the threes are huge so look i love me some cj on, on a head-to-head and and um he, he can explode for 40 points get he can do things like that which can really help you and carry you in certain weeks so cj mccallum 55 ranked um, I think could definitely be a top 40 guy. Yeah, I, I, I like it as well. I'm not going to say that he's part of my top five, but I do think he is a sleeper pick and someone that you can get value with. So I will uh, half co-sign that one off. I've got another guard here that I want to um, bring to the table. And it is uh, Lonzo Ball, who has been pushed out to rank 51 on Yahoo. Uh, I think that he's looked great in the preseason, um, getting lots of threes, uh, the assists, steals, blocks are all there. Um, he's someone that doesn't need 
a lot of points, a lot of usage to get his fantasy value. Um, so, and because of that, his percentages that are not the greatest don't affect him as much. You know, when he shoots like literally one free throw a game, uh, and he's even improved that percentage as well up to uh, 78 last year. So, um, the percentages I don't care about too much. Um, and someone who can get you over half a block a game from the point guard position, get you those really strong steals. I think the rebounds can come back up on this team as well. Um, it should get over sort of like maybe five or six a game, um, over three threes a game. I, I think that he's just an excellent player, especially in that punt field goal percentage build. Um, he, he could potentially be a top 30 player in that type of build. And if you're getting him outside the top 50, then that's heaps of value. What are your thoughts yeah, on Lonzo? 100%. Um, look, I like um, like him in a punt field goal build. Um, you can you can fit a fair few builds, punt points, punt free throw. Um, and like his turnovers are pretty good for a guard as well. He's just kind of a good all-rounder. Yeah. The punt field goal probably yells at me the most. Uh, but he got 3.13s last season, which is pretty elite in that category. Um, so, you know, you're pretty safe when you get him there. He was a beast um, I, I, and I think he's got more of a ceiling this season with the Bulls. I think his um, upside is definitely... Um, he's going to, he should outperform what he did last season. Yeah, he was a beast the second half of last year as well. He wasn't really being used properly the first half of the year, and he he really stepped it up as someone who who had him on on his team um, last year. Like his post All Star numbers were were really good. The assists shot up, the steals shot up, the threes went up as well. So uh, I expect more of the second half of last year this coming season on on this Bulls roster. All right, um, quickly give me give me two more. Uh, Sleeper picks here, Cal. We'll run through them a bit quicker now. All right, I've got um, Dejounte oh, Murray. Give me, give me one more because on the last one we agree with. Okay, Dejounte yeah. Murray. Yeah, Dejounte <laughs> Murray. Yes. Um, so I'm looking at right now. Right now he is ranked 56, um, which is look a little bit higher than his per game last season at 66. Um, but look, I think he's got, he could explode this season. He could be a top 40 guy. Um, he could lead the league in steals. Um, he he's just going to be a solid. He might put up. He actually put up similar stats to Lonzo, 16, 7, and 5.5. And um, but those 1.5 steals are, are so elite. He needs to get up there a bit more on three-pointers. That probably is where his downfall is. But in a punt three-point team, um, DeJounte Murray is awesome for a guard to pick up. And in that build, he's definitely going to be a top 40 value. Yeah, uh, definitely in that build, he, he's up there. And, you know, he's got the opportunity in front of him to take a big step forward uh, with the absence of DeMar DeRozan. And, and the, the team's sort of his now. Like, he's the face of that franchise, I think, moving forward. So they're definitely going to be pumping the ball through his hand. Uh, we've done five already, but we're going to give you uh, a bonus one who I think is probably one of the top sleeper picks. Maybe not. I mean, he definitely was a few days ago when he was ranked outside the top 150. But Jordan Poole, I think we both agree, and we touched on yeah. uh, in yeah. terms of the the preseason hype, guys. He he is definitely a sleeper pick, and we are both pretty happy drafting him. You know, as high as 90, 85. Um, you try to get him a bit later. Try to get a bit more value, but we we sort of see him as a top top 90 player uh, this season. Um, so I think you would agree, Cal, that he he'd be in your top five sleepers. He would. Um, we did a comparison of him with Trent Jr., who uh, I think is it was 74. Norm, Norm Powell. Oh, sorry, Norm Powell. Yeah. Norm Powell. Look, they're all similar players. They're, they're actually they traded for um, each other. Yeah, they confuse me honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Norm Powell's a, he's ranked seventy-four, and I expect Jordan Poole to put up similar stats. Yeah, so I'll uh, leave, I, end it there. I, I like it there. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, again, sorry if I butcher your names, but. Um, uh, uh, Hafiz uh, Kanji asks, uh, can you order <laughs> these picks uh, in a head-to-head uh, nine-category 12-team league? Uh, Brogdon, Lowry, Sexton, Garland, 
uh, Haywood and Terry Rozier. Uh, this is a bit of a, a bit of a run of point guards in this kind of range. Um, in, in the mock that I did, there was, I think there was literally like seven or eight point guards picked in a row. So they all were pretty close, uh, in my opinion. But, but how would you, how would you order these ones here, Cal? Yeah, I actually found this quite hard. I, I kept chopping and changing. Yeah. Um, it, it can close. be maybe to fit your build a bit better. Um, out of, outside of these guys, probably Rosier and Sexton, for example, won't get the assist that the other guys will. So yeah. depends what you're, you're going for. But um, look, I've kind of landed with I landed with Brogdon as um, number one, just because of the points. He's, he's a walking kind of twenty-five and five. Um, What's similar to Rosier is, but um, I think he did have some injury stuff last season. I think him and Ricala could be pretty good um, in terms of his. Pro, it could obviously end up being an encouraging push to the maybe closer to 22, 23 points a game. Yep. So I, I like Brogdon um, at number one. What about yourself? Uh, for me at number one of all of these players, I actually have, I've actually got Darius Garland. Um, we, wow. we know we know that I, I'm a bit higher on him than, than you are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he edges out Terry Rozier just for me. Um, Terry Rozier is a close second uh, for me in this group. Okay, well, we can we can um, agree on Rosia at number two. Yes, um, I, I didn't went for I went for Lowry actually at number three. I, I think he's dropping too much. Um, yeah, Kyle I, Lowry. I had I think him. Miami Heat is a great fit. I had him and Brogdon neck to neck and neck at three and four. Um, so uh, yeah, again, Lowry might give you more steals um, than than Brogdon. There's a little bit more of an injury concern with Lowry, so that's why Brogdon went ahead of Lowry for me. Uh, you agree with that? Um, having him at number one. So um, yeah, look. I think he is probably going a bit of value. People are probably a bit scared off of him uh, with some injury concerns. And last year he was obviously shut down, but that won't be happening at Miami. Yep. Um, my next pick, I actually went to Sexton next, just because thinking about it with him and Garland, I do have Sexton above Garland. And that's because I still feel that no one really else in the Cavs can score. And the man put up, you know, close to 25 points a I, game. I think, I think Garland will uh, will disprove that this year. I think I think he'll be scoring. I think uh, you reckon he's over twenty points a game. I do think so. I, th- I think he's over twenty points a game. I think I think he's like a 21, 22 points per game scorer this year. That's that's my that's my hot take. Okay, I don't know if it's hot um, take. Is that a guarantee? Is that a guarantee? Oh yeah, fuck it, let's go. Guarantee. <laughs> Throw it in there. Let's do it. Guarantee over twenty points. I'll say uh, guarantee over twenty points for Darius. Uh, look, I, look, I'm not quite there. Um, I think he's more an eighteen point guy, and, and that's okay. why I still think Sexton is the only guy who can really put up twenty points over twenty points a game. So he's still secured. I think if you need the points, get him at that point in the draft. Um, look, everything else isn't there. I think he kind of hit a ceiling in terms of what he, his output actually was. Yeah. Um. So Sexton does kind of fit certain builds, but I kind of like him. And um, so you got Gordon you, Hayward last then. Um, I, I have Gordon Hayward last, but that's only because of the injuries. Yeah. That yeah. honestly is only because of the injuries. I think he could elevate even above Sexton and Garland if he stays healthy. It's just that injury concern. See, I, I guess this is where our difference opinion. I, I think Garland's going to take a step forward, and I think Sexton, as a result, is going to take a step back. And because his value is so predicated on points and field goal percentage, high volume threes, um, I think that that's going to be a bit of a hit to his value. So uh, I've got Sexton last in this group. And then Hayward second, uh, second last. So I think we both agree with with Hayward. I think essentially, uh, I think we both kind of agree with um, Lowry uh, a little bit as well. Uh, and Terry Rozier, you, you're a bit higher on Brog, uh, Brogdon. I'm a bit higher on Garland. Uh, so that's probably where your your decision is. So hopefully, uh, Hafiz, we've um, we've helped you out a little bit there. But they're all pretty close. So if you if you have a guy that you really like, um, just just go out and get him because I don't think it's 
it's too big of a difference, but just know the differences in terms of like Sexton's not going to give you as many assists as a Garland. Um, Gordon Hayward, Kyle Lowry might have higher injury risks if you're if you've drafted a few risky players earlier. So that would be it, it would depend on who you've drafted beforehand. All right, nice, quick and easy one from George Rays. Maxi or Giddy? A little bit easy now with the Ben Simmons news. Um, I think uh, I'm going Giddy here. What What are you doing? Look, I'm Giddy for Giddy. Let's go. I, lo- I love Giddy. Giddy uh, he's for a beast. Giddy. <laughs> we, I think I've used that joke as well, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's low hanging fruit. Uh, where are you where are you comfortable drafting Josh Giddy in drafts? Uh, look, I think I think actually he fits a punt point build really well. Yeah, um, and then even a punt three build as well. I don't think he's really proving he's going to get a lot of those per game. But the punt, I mean, right now he's one hundred and fifty one. I'd be happy maybe Value. considering him at like the 120 mark um, if I'm in those two certain builds. He he went at like, I think it was 93 in our last mock draft where I was doing the mock draft with a few listeners. Um, I didn't hate it, honestly. He's like the last guy in the draft really that's going to give you good assists. Um, and, and it's just tough. It's such a tough, hard category to get later. So for that reason, even before the Ben Simmons news where he came back to the team, I was still going giddy over Maxi uh, because even if Ben Simmons gets traded, like who comes back in that trade, it might be another point guard. Um, so Maxi was always questionable. It, it, I know um, uh, Adam Adam from Hootball was, was very keen on him and drafted him very early in a few of our mocks, but uh, I never sort of was really there. Um, so I think yeah, it was always giddy for me. And I'm, I'm comfortable drafting him. If you have to, if you're really, really desperate for assists, 100 between 100 and 110. Um, I, I, don't, I don't love to go too high on him because his percentage is going to suck. The turnover is going to be high. There's not going to be many defensive stats. So there, there are a lot of deficiencies, but the rebounds will be strong. The assists will be strong. I think he'll hit over a three a game. Um, maybe he'll get a steal. He looked good. He looked good in the preseason, so uh, I don't mind it. Uh, last question of the podcast. Uh, coming here from uh, Auntie Chung. Who are our top waiver wire pickups for the year? Players who we don't expect to be drafted, but will finish strong. Uh, what are your thoughts here? It's, obviously, it's hard to know who's not going to be drafted because, um, you know, we don't, not, not in your leagues. We don't know how competitive your league is. But if you had to guess here, Callum, who are some people you think might not be drafted that uh, might be worth keeping on a watch list? Let's call this maybe a watch list uh, for this season. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on my watch list, I've, I've got a few guys here to suggest. Um, Firstly is uh, Alperin Sangoon, the Our Turkish guy. MVP. Yep. We've, got, we've talked about him a fair bit. Um, yes. If he gets minutes, he will be a beast. Yes. I, I love Mism Alperin. It's annoying um, in the preseason that it Thanks. looks like they're obviously not going to start him. Yeah. Um, if he started, he'd be huge. Maybe there's an injury that happens and they, they get him in there. Look, I, um, I don't think Daniel Tice can hold him off for too long, personally. Like, exactly. It, Daniel Tice will be on the trade market. He is going yeah. somewhere. When that happens, Sangoon will, I, I assume he'll probably get the starting role. So I think so. I'm pretty high on Sangoon. Uh, I have, have Markinen as well, just as a bit of a watch list. He could explode. He gets a starting, maybe they, he gets a starting role. Um, I don't know. There could be an injury or something as well. But if, if he gets good minutes, um, his points and threes will be pretty good in terms of a wave wire pick. Um, I then have a uh, uh, Fabule as well, uh, Matisse, the Aussie. Um, Australian. That's it. I, I quite like his defensive prowess. In terms of punt points, he could be drafted. Yeah, like he's, he's that good. At I, punt I think points. He, in, in competitive leagues, he's getting drafted. Maybe in your casual leagues, he's not because you know the points put you off, but those steals and blocks are super valuable. Yeah, exactly. And um, if he's not getting picked up, um, just with the whole Ben Simmons drama and fiasco yeah. with him resting yep. games, I would expect him to... 
at this point, definitely have um, a fair few minutes up his sleeve. So I think the ceiling is pretty high for him this season. Um, I then went to DiVincenzo, who's pretty much out of everything because he's got a bit of an injury thing. Yep. But when yep. he comes back, I would definitely be picking him up. He um, He's one of those guys who doesn't really yell at you in terms of his stats, but in terms of fantasy, it contributes. Um, it's kind of like always a net positive. So he, he's always a good guy to kind of have on your team, regardless. He'll just hover around that top 100 value. So um, I'm happy to have him on your watch list when he becomes healthy. And my last pick is Terrence Mann, who, as I said, could be a six-man um, candidate, could average 18 points a game. I still think the Mets will still be there. Um, so I'm going to go Terrence Mann is my last uh, watch list ad. I think I think they're all very good options. Yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely good watch list guys and, and definitely a lot of potential there. Um, so I, I sign off on basically all of those. I'll add a few of my own to the mix. Um, I like Xavier Tillman on Memphis. Um, just not sure how long Steven Adams is going to hold that job down and when Xavier gets the minutes, he can put up uh, stats across the board, steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, all very strong. Um, Malachi Flynn, uh, from a guard point of view, uh, I'm not sure how long Goran Dragic is going to remain on this team. Maybe he's traded. He wasn't very uh, gracious to, uh, end up on the team after the, the free agency trade. Um, so I don't expect him to be there all season. So I think Malachi Flynn might be able to step into a bigger role. Uh, Nicholas Claxton, who I was very high on early on, but with the signings of Paul Millsap and Lamarck Aldridge, a lot of old bodies there, so you could look at some injuries. It's going to take some injuries for him to get um, decent minutes, but if that does happen, he's going to put up solid blocks, uh, field goal percentage, rebounds, all those good big big guy stats. And the last guy is KJ Martin Jr. Uh, for the Houston Rockets. That starting small forward spot is still kind of up in the air. I don't know if he's going to get it from the bat, but he could prove himself. He's still young. He had a big stretch at the end of the last season where he started getting a lot of blocks, a lot of threes. Um, so I think he, he does have some potential there and someone that I would keep an eye on. Um, cool. That all about do us for today's podcast, guys. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. If you've got more, please li- li- um, pop them down into the comments, uh, leave them down there, and we will answer them uh, whenever we can. Hit us up on Twitter at BallBoysNBA, on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Give the video a thumbs up. Um, and we have got one more uh, podcast coming up before the uh, start of the NBA season going through our predictions. Okay, so tune in for that one. See you then. Bye.